Hello everyone and welcome to the new episode of the Academy Cover Text podcast. I'm Ajitya and I have Holly as usual. Holly, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all good. Um bit sore after that game week. Uh, I've maybe not my best result, but <laughs> yeah, I'm all good. How are you? Fine, mate. Uh, the game week is still on during this time of recording. There's still a game yet to be played that's uh, Watford against West Ham. So I have personally Kiko Feminia coming off the bench for De Bruyne. So I'm hoping that uh, Mikel Antonio goes quiet and uh, Watford clean sheet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, West Ham obviously looked good against Norwich. Or should I say Mikel Antonio looked good against Norwich? But it's a, it's a very quick turnaround. Um, the next deadline's on Saturday at 4.30 British summertime. So... Although there's going to be a game on Friday, that it, it's very quick turnaround now. So before we move on talking about game week uh, 37 plus, let's just briefly go on what happened in the current game week that's ongoing. That's game week 36. This was prominently one of the most rotation-stricken game week, as we could say, as for Arsenal, we did see Obama and Banks. Pep Roulette striked again as most of the key city assets were bench like De Bruyne, Mahrez, and surprisingly, many, many FPL managers had captain Raheem Sterling. Then we had a Wolves benching uh, Johnny and Doherty, although Doherty, I guess, came uh, off the bench and provided a lucky assist to Raul Jimenez. So this was more of a rotation stricken game week because most of the Premier League managers had, had their eye on the FA Cup games, which are on the weekend. So that's what they were hoping on. The next thing we did see was uh, Chelsea just scoring a goal against Norwich. They had 22 attempts on goal the entire game and they just did it once. So that was kind of surprising. With Giro, he had around eight shots on goal and Villian had created, I guess, seven chances in this game. So this is the most chances created by any player in this game week. And another interesting one is that Man City had just had, I guess, six attempts on goal compared to Bournemouth's 13. That was totally unexpected from Man City uh, being an attacking side. They didn't really go, I guess, on a full gear attacking way. But with Jesus having three shots on goal and Phil Foden having two. But David Silva was undoubtedly the star of the show in that game. Um, Again, Arsenal surprisingly beating Liverpool. This was totally unexpected. Although Mane and Robertson both provided points returns for managers there. But it was... Actually, Alexander Lacazette, who was the best player in the game. Ings continued his again goal-scoring form with five goals in seven games since the restart. Maybe it's time to finally get in Danny Ings for the last two games. United also cruised past against Crystal Palace with uh, Marcus Rashford being the main man. Uh, were there any other key takeaways from this game week? Um, yeah, uh, I thought the Man City Bournemouth was very surprising, as you said. Um I looked at a, a stat uh, the other day and um, Man City were expected 0.56 goals to Bournemouth's uh, 1.93. So Bournemouth really looked to um, to be sort of the better side, but Man City's uh, strength shows again, especially with their, their squad depth and even with not their first first class players, they're, they're good enough to, to beat uh, Premier League sides like Bournemouth. Bournemouth look to be uh, going down now with uh, Bournemouth and Villa. It's it's going to require something pretty special to be able to uh, escape. Um, I know Watford and West Ham play tonight, so that will be a, a real six-pointer down at the bottom of the table. They'll they'll both be on 34 points, and if one team loses it, it with two games left, it, it could put them in, in a position to go down 
But if it's a draw, they can both they both gain a point. Um, so yeah, uh, I thought the Arsenal Liverpool was surprising because Arsenal only had like uh, two two shots or something, uh, two shots on target, and obviously Arsenal haven't been the best team this season. I mean, they're starting to to get get back under Mikel Arteta, but uh, it really shows you that Liverpool have. have just dropped off completely after winning the title. Their mentality has completely gone out. And um, if a team like Arsenal can beat them, it is beginning to be a bit concerning for Jurgen Klopp. Um, I think I think you summed that up pretty pretty nicely. I think Chelsea were unlucky not to get more. Um, they do have some two difficult fixtures in Liverpool and then Wolves. So although Chelsea assets have been quite good, if you don't, I wouldn't look to bring them in and and. And Tottenham managed to finally win in their away blue kit to to Arsenal. Um, Son with a goal and Harry Kane with two. So yeah, I think I think you summed that up well. Yeah. So as you were speaking about uh, Liverpool being more like on the beach work, but in the last five games, Liverpool have lost two games. And with Chelsea being the next, I guess for managers who did get in uh, William or Pulisic, I guess it it does make a valid reason for managers like me also to keep him in the squad, right? Chelsea also do need to finish in the top four. So, I guess Chelsea assets, prominently the attackers, I guess it's safe to own. Yeah, definitely. I think um, uh, I think you're right. I mean, Liverpool have had an incredible season so far. And the fact that we're saying they're really performing badly when they've only lost two in their last five is 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 a bit strange because, I mean, most, most teams wouldn't say that was too bad. But mm. I think um, with how Liverpool have been this season, uh, they have not been performing that well. And Chelsea have looked very good recently and it's really close for that top four. I mean, with Man City paying their way to get back in the uh, the uh, Champions League, they're finally back. So it's it's only the top four that will make Champions League, not the top five. And can't be Wolves anymore. So um, it, it's between Leicester and... And Man United really, and and Chelsea. Chelsea are only one point above. Sorry, Man United and Leicester. Um, so yeah, I think Chelsea have a very very good chance going going to Anfield against Liverpool. Um, they, they've been in poor run of form, but then again, there's a the devil's advocate that is that that Klopp really might give them a boost and, and say that we have to win this one. So I think um, uh, I was tempted to sell William myself, but against this poor Liverpool side, we could we could see some goals. Yeah, since the restart, Chelsea have created 86 chances, which is the third best. Uh, they had about 123 attempts on goals, which is the second best with only City being or having more attempts on goal with 147. So it does make a valid reason to hold on to Chelsea as it. Also with Liverpool not being in a in a good form at the moment. So keep on to Chelsea assets for this game week. And uh, who knows, if you want to be the brave guy, you could triple cap in one of them. If you want to climb your mini league or climb up your ranks in a fast way, because there's only two game weeks left, that could be a punt option. But let's not look into that in more detail now. We'll see that in a later part of the podcast. And uh, Arsenal, as you said, uh, I asked one of my friends who supports Arsenal and he did tell me that it looks like Arteta learned a lesson playing against Mourinho and playing like Mourinho against Klopp. That's what he said, <laughs> just parking the bus and then attacking. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Mm. We saw Van Dijk finally make a mistake and it just shows that he's not a machine. That's in 88 Premier League games, that's only his second goal, uh, second mistake that has led to a goal. Uh, uh, his first one being against Fulham. Uh, him heading it on to uh, Ryan Babel. Um, but yeah, uh, it shows you that Van Dyke's not, not a machine and, and everyone does make mistakes. 
after all, even a footballer is a human. So mind you, everybody makes mistakes and they get trolled. But at the end of the day, eventually you have to learn your lesson and move on. That's how life is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what Van Dyke was even specifically saying. Uh, I guess after the post-match interview, he, he did say like, he made a mistake and he owns up and he won't do it again. That's how you move on. Now, we'll also move on to the next segment that is speaking about Game Week 37 plus. So, many managers in this Game Week that is 36, they did get in uh, Danny Ings for Raul Jimenez. Although, when Jimenez scored, most of them were like in a cry mode. Like, oh no, Jimenez is scoring again. Have I done a mistake? But Ings also did score against Brighton. So, it kind of equalizes it out. But for the next two games, for managers who still hold on to Jimenez, is it still a shot to move to Ings? Uh, yeah, I think definitely they've got Bournemouth next and, and Bournemouth look to be going down. Um, so I know Bournemouth put up quite a fight against uh, Man City and I can't remember the week before who they beat 4-1, but it was an incredible performance. Um, I thought Ings was very unlucky to only get one bonus point. I saw uh, the bonus points and Ings only got one uh, in a, in a one-all draw against Brighton um, and Jimenez got three in a, in a one-all draw against Burnley. Um, Jimenez does have Crystal Palace at home next um, and then finally faces Chelsea on, on the last day of the season. I know a lot of people still have their free hit left, and which I do, which I'm planning to use on, on the last day of the season. So I think Ings looks too good not to get in, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm definitely going to get him in against Bournemouth. There's definitely a shout for him to be in my free hit team as well. So Ings really does look in fire and um, I think I'll be keeping Jimenez as well um, I think I'll be going Ings and Jimenez although uh, Wolves don't have anything to play for in terms of the uh, the Champions League anymore I think they've still they're still not completely safe from the Europa League I mean Arsenal are only three points behind them in nine and yeah so I think definitely go and get uh, Danny Ings he's the second top scorer in the league I think uh Everyone underestimated him since since the restart. Um, I know I was one of them uh, who did that. Um, everyone took him out and and said, "Oh, his fixtures aren't good enough." And he and he just did prove everyone wrong. I mean, he's had thirty nine points since since game week thirty, which, which is just incredible, really, when you look at his fixtures. I mean, uh, I guess it makes sense to get in uh, Ings against uh, who they play. They play Sheffield. That's the last uh, game in the season. But with Jimenez playing Crystal Palace and seeing how bad defensively they are since the restart, I mean, it's a tricky one for me, honestly. But I would actually stick with Jimenez for one game week, this one, and then move on to Ings for the last on free hit. I guess that kind of makes sense. Although Ings could go big this game week, so it's just as difficult as tossing a coin and deciding now. So the next one we'll speak on is uh, the possible triple captaincy candidates now. Now, most of the managers, including me, have this chip available. I guess only you also do have it, right? The triple captain chip. No, I use my triple captain on Salah in game week, double game week 24 for Liverpool. So mine's already still used. I have my free hit left though. So um, yeah, but that, I, I do not have my triple captain available, no. That was in game week 24, right? 24, uh, when Liverpool had the double game week and I captain Salah. So that kind of just gave you how many? 16 points? Yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, in the double game week, it's you, you could hope for better. But I think um, what you really don't want from a, a triple hat captain hit is, is a two-pointer. So I was very happy, happy with uh, 16 points, especially as I know a lot of people triple captained Mane and Mane went off in the in the first thirty minutes, injured in the first match, and 
I had my treble captain on Mane, but I changed it to Salah in like the last minutes of the deadline. And uh, one of the best decisions that I <laughs> I made in uh, FPL. So it got me 48 points overall. I know some people have, have sort of triple captained like uh, Raheem Sterling and, and got 60 points. But I was very happy with 48 and, and with his 16 pointer. Uh, although some managers did also captain Mikel Antonio and they triple captained it in the last game week, so <laughs> they were yeah, the most luckiest yeah. people. <laughs> that was incredible. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, but looking on to the next uh, two fixtures, I guess this game week 37 makes sense captaining or using the triple captain chip. So, uh, who would be your possible candidates uh, after having a look at the fixture? Well, obviously, you want someone who can haul and someone who can get big points. But you also want a bit of a safety net. So, somebody who's not going to blank. Um, even six six or seven points is is good enough. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not ideal. Um, I, I look to play mine in a double game week just to maximise my opportunities and, and minimise my uh, possibilities of a blank. Um Obviously, Bruno Fernandes, if I if I was talking about this two game weeks ago, I'd say Bruno Fernandes, absolutely, to put your triple captain on against against West Ham. Um, in his last two game weeks, he's only got one assist, though. And, um, and, and before that, he was sort of hauling. We saw him get two 15-pointers in a row and then a 14-pointer. Um, but his last two game weeks, he's only had one assist, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, but I definitely think he's still, still a candidate. Um, I've, I've captained him against Southampton and Crystal Palace, where he's only got five and six points. You know, after seeing him get get forty four points in in three game weeks, uh, I definitely would have said Bruno Fernandes. But uh, I think Anthony Martial is is one hundred percent an option. Um, uh, I don't think Rashford is. I think he's too inconsistent. A triple captain pick. If you can get, if you want a Man City asset like um, Mares or De Bruyne for the triple captain. Uh, I'd recommend going for getting early team news before, uh, if you can. Uh, I don't know when Man City play and if you can get the early team news. Um, but uh, I think it's very risky to, to sort of triple captain and then them come on for 10 minutes and, and you get one point. You, you need somebody, as I said, you need a safety net. Um, so I, I'd go probably with a, a, a Man United asset. You, you could want a differential and, and go with like a... A Tottenham asset, or you could go with it with a Chelsea asset and and try and really push up the ranks that way. The the main issue for me here is, I guess, the FPL deadline is just it's before the FA Cup games, right? So four teams do still play in the FA, plus they also have to play midweek in this. Issue for me, if if one of our players does get injured, I mean that's going to be so horrible for us. Also, but when you spoke about Bruno Fernandez, uh, I guess. Uh, over the last four matches or five, uh, Rashford has almost equalized the number of shots he had on goal. So it's actually looking like uh, both Fernandez and Pogba are playing kind of in a, a less kind of a gear, as I could say, if I could say. Maybe the attack is more emphasized on Martial and Rashford, with these two just being providing the passes to them and they in short running and scoring goals. So uh, I'm more inclined towards Martial, but Watford also play Man City and with City also playing in the FA Cup, we never know what kind of a lineup Cordela is going to, you know, play against Watford. So that's again a worry. But another fixture that has caught my eyes Aston Villa against Arsenal. So if Arsenal beat Man City in the FA Cup and they are on a high note, high run, obviously Arteta will try to push Arsenal to finish in one of the Europa League spots. So we could probably see Arsenal attackers going all out, like Obama and Lacazette. So that could be a differential. And even Chelsea playing Liverpool, Chelsea do need to win uh, to get a top four spot. So maybe 
players like Willian, Pulisic, Giroud, they could also haul. But regarding Man United, the issue is uh, the amount of rest time as I taken a look, was just, I guess, hardly two days and 20 hours or something, while as the opponents still have about five days. So, the fixture congestion and the fitness of the play also is going to play a key role. Although there were doubts of Greenwood playing, he did manage to play this uh, game week. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. And United are on fifth place, tied up with the same amount of points as Leicester, but are just separated by three goals in terms of goal difference. So, they have to score a lot of goals in the next two games to catch up the fourth spot unless they kind of draw somewhere against Leicester, which is going to be in the last game of this season. So, it definitely makes sense to captain a United player. But uh, I guess the points for Bruno is kind of drying up at this stage. So, I feel it is more of a Martial or a Rashford. Or even a Nick Pope, if people want to go wide because they play <laughs> novice. Imagine Pope keeps a clean sheet and gets three save points. Oh my God, that's going to be 12 with bonus and 36. So yeah, and maybe like <laughs> save save the penalty or something. Yes, yeah. So, I bet you Nick, that will happen to Nick Pope. It always no. does. <laughs> <laughs> there will definitely be one guy who will call. Nah, I will captain a Burnley defender. Uh, that did happen with Shane Duffy last uh, last year, and it just went so bad with managers. So I guess it's United player the first option. Second is an Arsenal player. Then maybe a Chelsea. I've not really looked at a Spurs player because they play uh, Leicester and I guess it's getting tough for these teams because all of them need yeah, need the wins, need the points to guarantee a Europa League spot also for in case of Spurs, Arsenal and Wolves. So, it's going to be tricky but even Raul Jimenez could be an option. Another one because I've just looked at the fixture and plus they have a five-day break. So, mm, this is going to be a be tough really one. Important. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um... Problem with Arsenal is, is consistency and, and who will get the goals. We when we uh, sort of look at Arsenal, um, normally we look at Aubameyang, but uh, he hasn't particularly been been scoring recently. And um, in in Arsenal's sort of uh, last games, they've they've only been they, they put four past Norwich, which was good, but they they don't tend to score really a lot of goals. And if you want to captain an Arsenal player, it's too risky to do do Enketia because he's just come back from a red card and. And from suspension, and I don't think Arteta will play him because they've got a good a good system at the moment. Um, so if it is anyone, it does have to be a Bamiang. But you know, even a Bamiang didn't even start against Liverpool, and and they managed to win that game. So I think it's it's tricky with Arsenal. I think um, you could obviously captain Lacazette. He's looked decent in his last few games, but uh, I don't think there's really a solid one. I mean, if if we saw Aubameyang playing up front, um, I'd definitely go for Aubameyang. But now we see him playing on the left wing, uh, I think it's it's a bit a bit risky, really. Yeah, another fixture as we did speak about Danny's Southampton do play Bournemouth, so even that could be a good fixture to eye and uh, use a triple captain on Ings. But another worry here is that they just have about two-day uh, rest break for the next game week, so the fatigue and the uh, you know. The, the fixtures being very, very close. There's hardly a break for most of the teams here. So, this could be a really, really tricky one. But for me, I'm, I'm going to stick with a United player. But we'll see how, how things go on as we progress towards the deadline. Yeah, for me, I think I'm going to captain Danny Ings this week. Um, I think he deserves the armband for me and for my team. Um, he's been so good this season. And I think he, uh, as, as somebody uh, tweeted, that he deserves a spot in the uh, England in, in the England setup. Um I want to captain Bruno again, but uh, 
I'm I'm going to captain Ings as a bit of a differential. Um, I I could I can see him scoring two against Bournemouth. Since the restart, I guess Ings has almost played ninety minutes in all of the games. Just imagine if Hassan Hutel benches him for this one. There's oh, just going to be don't chaos. Even, uh, don't even say it. It's been so unlucky with benching in uh, this game nah. week and, and the last game week. Yeah, I mean, we have been trolled very, very badly now recently with the biggest one is the City benching. And many of the managers I saw, they had captain Phil Foden and, oh my God, I just feel so bad. And I guess even FPL physio, he took out David Silva for Loftus-Cheek and that was just a bad sideway move. But hindsight, nobody can predict what is going to happen. That's the one big disadvantage of playing Fantasy Premier League because we don't know what is going to happen. We don't know who's going to get injured, who's going to start, who's going to be benched. It's just a difficult game. Mm, yeah, uh, I think... Um, well, when When is it that um, that uh, Southampton play? They play on the Sunday, so we'll get no early team news. Uh, the only early team news that we'll get is Norwich versus Burnley, which isn't great, to be honest. Um, normally, Burnley have a very fixed starting eleven, and, and Sean Dyke she likes to keep keep the same setup, and so uh, we won't be getting anything from Rockstar or uh, any of the other other accounts. Uh, don't know how reliable they'll be, but um, you'd you'd hope that that they'd they'd play Danny Ings. I mean, obviously Southampton really don't have anything to play for. Teams like Southampton, Everton, Burnley, Newcastle. Palace, they don't really have much to play for. So, you know, Crystal Palace not having much to play for is, in a way, it could be seen as a good thing against uh, Wolves because they may put out a weaker side or, or put out some youth players to for them to get experience in the Premier League. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think obviously, Raul Jimenez is, is an option against against the Crystal Palace side, which which just have nothing to play for. Whereas when we see teams like playing against Bournemouth, um, they do obviously still have something to play for. So that would be a concern with captaining Danny Ings because they still have that outside outside chance of escaping relegation. I mean, with Aston Villa only on 31 points as well, that one of Bournemouth or Villa is going to go down. Um, so, yeah, we'll see in the game tonight between West Ham and Watford. And uh, if one of them wins, it, it looks like they'll be safe. So Yeah, and... Basically, I just had a look here. Another motivating factor that could be for the players is the race for the golden boot. Now, Jimmy Vardy is currently on first with 23 goals. Then we have Aubameyang with 20 and Danny Ings with 20. So, Aubameyang also is just like three goals away now. And Jimenez is around six goals away from the top spot. The same goes with Mane, Martial and Rashford. And then Mo Salah is away by four goals. So, this also could be a motivating factor for players to haul, especially with United players like Marshall and Rashford. If they do aim for the golden boot, we could do we could see probably three, four goals scored by them in the next uh, two games. So, uh, although you know the idea of captaining Ings does look solid because he's just three away, and uh, who knows if he hauls against Bournemouth, he might actually have a fair chance of getting the golden boot. Mm. Yeah, definitely, we see that's a, a very motivating factor for players. I was surprised that Mohamed Salah didn't score against Arsenal. I mean, he he was on sort of on track for the Golden Boot. Uh, I think Vardy only got an assist in his in his most recent game. Um, so yeah, it, I doubt that it will be Salah. I think uh, I think he's not going to get four goals and and Vardy get none in the next two. I mean, it would be a miracle if he did, but I don't think he will. Whereas we could see South, uh, we could see Danny Ings for Southampton get get a brace in a game and, and a goal or or get a hat trick maybe. And that's why uh, players, the players playing there, they'll know where they are. They'll know the stats and how close they are to the golden boot. So it's not like that hit. He won't be trying for it because he won't know. He, he'll, he'll be trying for, the, for that golden boot. And um, 
and it is a motivating factor. And maybe we could see see him take a penalty for it. Uh, I know it's I think it's been James Ward Prowse on penalties. So maybe we could see the the penalty take a switch to Danny Ings to to for trying to get him that golden boot. And it'd be absolutely spectacular for a player from Southampton could get the golden boot. It'd be uh, sort of different from the the top six just getting it. So the next and the last segment that we want to speak on this podcast is the eye on differentials. Now, we just have just two game weeks left, just two fixtures for all the respective sides. Now, most of the managers who also want to climb up the mini leagues will be eyeing for differentials here. So here we are going to be taking a look at, the, as usual, the main positions, the defenders, midfielders and the forwards who are currently owned by less than around 8%. So, we'll take 8 as the average here and there. So, uh, Oli, so let's start with defenders. Who would I? So, I think Matt Ritchie at 1.1% is uh, obviously a, a good option. We saw him get 9 points against uh, Tottenham Hotspur in the most recent game and they didn't keep a clean sheet. They actually conceded 3 goals. So, we know Matt Ritchie gets up the pitch. He scored for Newcastle and, and we've seen him score before. Um, we saw him... Uh, Score against uh, Sheffield United, get a goal, assist, three bonus and a clean sheet against uh, Sheffield United, which got him 18 points, uh, which was pretty incredible. Um, he's got Brighton in his next game. If you just were looking for a one-week punt, I think Matt Ritchie's a brilliant option. So I think Matt Ritchie's a, is could be a good punt for, for one game week, um, but I'd be aware uh, for for more than that. So and another defender that uh, I would eye on would be... Uh... I just looked at Burnley's fixtures. The next two games do look good. And there are three promising names. That's Kevin Long, Phil Bartsley and Eric Peters. Now, Bartsley and Peters both play as, as full-backs and Long does play as a centre-back. With Ben me out, I guess, for the rest of the season. That's just the two games. It, it's Long who's going to play as a centre-back along with Tarkovsky. So, it's one of Bartsley and Peters. And I guess Bartsley did get an assist against Wolves. So, one of them could be a decent pick at around 4.3, I guess, to replace uh, maybe a Jamal Lasselle as he's, he's out for the next two games. So, it does make sense getting in one of one of the only defence. Yeah, I know that um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is very highly owned at 40.2%. So, um, and he's obviously 7.7 mil is the expensive, most expensive defender in, in, in FPL. Um, he's got Chelsea in his next game. So for me, I might, I might be getting him out for Bardsley to free up some funds and, and maybe get Ings in. Or uh, I think uh, for me, I, I'm going to get Phil Bardsley. I think they look very good in the next fixtures. And uh, I, may, I may play four defenders instead of not my normal three. Um, but I think you're completely, completely right in saying that uh, he's a very good option. So next, we'll move on to the midfielders. So, any player has caught your eye? Well, obviously, we've seen that uh, Antonio at 3.5% massively, massively hauled against Norwich. We'll see how he does tonight. Obviously, that's the advantage of uh, them playing them playing late and close to the deadline is that you get a sort of better idea of, of when to bring them in or not because if they play right at the start of the week, then um, you don't really know uh, how they're going to perform in the next week and, and you may be tempted to sort of get someone else. But um, I think uh, we saw him get 26 points against Norwich, obviously. That was against Norwich. Uh, we saw him seven points against uh, Newcastle, 12 points against Chelsea. Uh, we saw two blanks in 30 plus and 29. But um, he's got, uh, obviously, Man United and Aston Villa. So Aston Villa very good in the in the last game week. I think 
me on my free hit in the last game week, I'll definitely be having him in against Aston Villa, especially if Aston Villa are relegated already. If Aston Villa have been relegated, 100% you're going to want to get Mikel Antonio in because he's just, Aston Villa will have nothing to play for. And uh, arguably, West Ham, uh, if they lose tonight, they will have something maybe to play for if, if Bournemouth win there. The next two games. So, yeah, obviously, David Silver is another option. Um, I know we've talked about Pep Roulette a bit before. Uh, he got 17 points against uh, Newcastle at home and, and he just got 13 points uh, in getting one goal, one assist and three bonus. Uh, he didn't He didn't get any in the 5-0 victory, though. He was only on the pitch for 20 minutes. Um, yeah, again, this is the problem with Man City. They have brilliant players and, and David Silva has been a, a brilliant, brilliant player for Man City in, in over his years. Um, but it, it's just all on whether he starts or not. Yeah, so I just had a look at a few Spurs assets here who are like under 5% ownership. So, Three prominent names stood up for me. That's one is Lucas Mora. The next one is uh, Steven Birchwine. And the third one is Eric Lamella. Now, Spurs also face Leicester and Palace. And they kind of need to win their next two games to ensure that they at least finish in the Europa League spot. So, Mourinho also did say in his press conference here and there that he does need a strong bench and he does need good players coming on and providing attacking chances and scoring goals. So, uh, we could possibly see a few games here and there. Mora starting, although Mora did start the last game, so we could see a possible rotation and one of them could haul. So it could be a differential punt. Maybe, uh, I guess, Eric Lamilla in the last game against Newcastle did provide an assist against, I guess, uh, yeah, for Harry Kane. There was a deflected ball. So, but I guess one of uh, Mora or Bergwijn looks uh, good off. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Spurs assets, especially in the midfield, is they're all pretty much differentials. Even if we look at Son own at seven percent, seven percent isn't that high compared to uh, compared to other assets like Mane and Salah, who who are around forty percent. Uh, I mean, Hyungman Son is only only at seven percent, so obviously he's a bit of a differential in in FPL. I mean, Lucas Moore is obviously a good option, but uh, we haven't seen him get any points in, until the. The 25th game week was the last time he picked up any points, and that was one assist. Um, so it's been it's been a very long time since Lucas Moura has got any any good points. So if I were you, I wouldn't really be wanting to get him in. Um, obviously, Deli Ali is is uh, is out with a hamstring injury, so uh, you can't really be, get, be getting him in. I know he had that period where he just played brilliantly. Um, uh, that was in game week 14, uh, uh, 15 and, and 16. He, he got many, many points. But um, I think maybe Lo Celso is an option if you're looking at, at Spurs assets. Uh, maybe he's not too expensive at 7.3, but uh, for, for what he offers, it, it, he's, he's not cheap. Um, but I think Human Son is, is a brilliant option. And he is, although he he's a very good player, he still is a differential at 7%. He's, he's not that highly owned. And... Um, He's not that highly owned in the top 10k, mainly because of his price. He's almost 10 million, which is quite a lot for a player, which is normally just getting around six points. Um, so, yeah, I think any of the Spurs assets are, are good because um, uh, they're, they're obviously pushing for Europa League and, and, and pushing to get in, although it's only Europa League, which is a bit of a joke, some may say. Um, I, I'd have Son if I were you, if you can have the money. Um, I think the rest of them aren't good enough. I think Harry Kane, he, we saw him get two goals um, against Newcastle. If I were you, I'd, I'd get Son if you're looking at Spurs asset in their last two games. They obviously face Leicester and then they face Crystal Palace away. Yeah, so could you just also mention Giovanni Lo Celso because I just forgot him because of the price, because I was kind of looking at around like 7 million under, so I just kind of left him out. So that's a good choice also because 
obviously Mourinho will definitely prefer him because he's a midfielder who defends and attacks. So it does make sense that he will start the next two games. Now we'll move on to the forwards. So I'll start with the first pick. Uh, there are two plays that I just saw. Uh, one will be, I guess, Alexander Lacazette, who's just owned by around 2.1%. And he did play well against uh, Liverpool. And same as Spurs, Arsenal also do need to kind of win the next two games and to push on for the Europa League spot. So they'll have to you know, push up and play well. Another option is... Uh, Troy Dini, who's just owned by around 1.8%. And Watford also do need to play well and ensure that they just survive and stay in the Premier League. Although the next two games will be very, very crucial for them. Uh, they play City and Arsenal. That's difficult. But he does take the set piece. So if they earn a penalty, Dini would be the man who will be stepping on to take it. So he could be an option, but it's, it's a kind of a risky move. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I had Lascelles in the Watford Newcastle game, and I thought that they that maybe they could keep a clean sheet. And obviously, he picked up 13 points. He got uh, three bonus as well with two goals. And those two goals didn't come from anything special. They came from two penalties. And obviously, it is Troy Dini is the man on the penalties. I think if, if Watford lose tonight to West Ham, they could look to be in big trouble. They'll be only four points ahead with two games. Um, so, yeah, they've obviously got Man City and Arsenal in their last two games, which I could easily see them losing. So, yeah, it's desperate for Watford if they don't win tonight. Um, but I think, I know Troy Dean is a differential, but it, it may be difficult against Man City and Arsenal. Uh, a different def- differential you can look at is is uh, Gabriel Jesus. I know they have uh, Watford and Norwich in their last two games, and especially Norwich in their last game. I think in my free hit, I might I might look into bring Jesus as, as my man up front. Um, we've, we've seen him get um, eight points, 14 points, eight points in his last three games. He seems to have, have improved slightly from from just when Aguero went out um we saw we saw Aguero getting get, getting injured and and he's taken over the role as a striker against Chelsea we saw Pep start Bernardo Silva up front over Jesus which was just crazy um but if you're looking for a differential who he's a slight differential at 7.3% if i mean if if Son's a differential at 7.2%, certainly Jesus is at 7.3%. And so if you're looking for a Man City sort of player that's not De Bruyne and, and not somebody who's really heavily owned, um, Gabriel Jesus could be worth a shot. Yeah, so there are still two more players that I found. One is obviously the, the most talked for the last game week was, I guess, Olivier Giroud. Uh, he's owned by around 3.1% and he did score a goal against Norwich, but he had eight attempts. Okay, Chelsea also need to ensure they finish in the fourth place to win the Champions League. So that's another motivating factor. But another player I did see here was Neil Mopé. He's just owned by around 1.7% and he's just priced around 5.7%. But honestly speaking, Brighton like don't have a motivating factor to play the remaining of the games because they have ensured that they're staying up in the league. But they face Newcastle and Burnley and we know Mopé is a very, very good player. He's very talented and he did score in his last match against Southampton. So, if he scores a goal or a two against Newcastle, he would be one of the most top players to get in. But the last game, he does face Burnley. So, that's kind of a little bit of a tricky one. But although, if you want to take a point and get in a Brighton player, why not Neil Mopé? Yeah, Neil Mopé is a brilliant option. We saw him against Arsenal, completely destroy them and, and then score the winners. It was a top, top shithousery. So, yeah. I think we've seen um, Olivier Giroud. He's not the bonus point man is the problem with him. Um, he got a goal against Norwich, but got not a single bonus point. The most bonus points going to Azpilicueta, Rudiger and Alonso, two, three defenders. So, um, obviously, Giroud is a good option, but you always have that worry with Abraham. I mean, Chelsea are really going to be playing for, for the Champions League now. So, um, I don't think they'll be playing Abraham 
I think you're right, they'll be playing Giroud. It's been working for them and, and um, he could easily score some more goals. Yeah, so uh, another funny thing which I remember is, why not? Let's take a look at Burnley's attacking players because they play Norwich. Now, Burnley being a team that does just generally play route one strike, just, just put a long ball and somebody will definitely head it in. Why not probably get in a McNeil or maybe a Chris Wood? Well, I was watching the uh, the Burnley Wolves and I have to say Chris Wood looked nothing special to me. Um, I know obviously against a relegated Norwich may be a different story, but we, I saw him miss a complete sitter. Uh, he was headed headed the ball out from about four yards in an open goal. The goalkeeper wasn't even near near the net, and he just missed it. He did go on to score the penalty, which was good, but uh, it was it was it was ridiculously bad from Chris Wood. He, he it's a terrible miss, and obviously against Norwich is is different. So against a, a defensively strong Wolves, um, I think it's obviously uh it's a good option to have uh, Chris Wood. He's on penalties. He scored the penalty, so he made up for his miss. But um, it's a very a very poor miss where. Do they play Norwich in their next game or, or the final game week? They play Norwich in this next game week. Uh, then they face Brighton. So the fixtures don't look that bad. But maybe a corner or a long ball, a header, you know who's going to score it in. So that brings us to the end of this episode. So we hope that you enjoyed listening to this. And uh, any final thoughts, Oli, you would like to say? No, uh, just just great to be back on the podcast again. And uh enjoying doing the podcast and the stream so um only two weeks left now so uh look look to get some differentials in and, and look for, for somehow to rise up these ranks really quickly i mean i've dropped from 10k to 20k in the in the last uh in in the last couple of weeks so uh it's it's really a question of can we use our, our chips now if we have any remaining and and uh can we look for for players that are gonna get us ahead of our our rivals so that's it. That brings us to the end of this uh, episode. We hope you've enjoyed and we'll see you guys next time before the game week 38 plus deadline. See you soon.